Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Super glad being with you as we talk about financial matters. A bit about the markets right now because they've been a little uh, up and down and hard to ignore. Hard to ignore, I suppose. And we'll talk some more about just good financial planning principles and ways that you can techniques and good choices with your finances. Just a quick reminder, and all this volatility in the marketplace, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It is a normal part of the economic cycle. Stocks historically have gone down, what, once out of every three years, and the average decline is about nine months. That's right. Historically, about every three years, you lose money owning stocks. And remember, not every stock comes back. There are broad baskets of stocks, which is companies. Companies. I think it's, it's hard because it's been, we had the, the last kind of major downturn was during the early days of the lockdown. And there was lots of fear about everything. First, are we going to die of the virus? That was one, right? Yes. <laughs> are my loved ones going to die? All those things. And then, and of course, some people did, unfortunately. Uh, uh, but it was, it recovered so quickly. And this one, I don't think it's going to recover so quickly. Who knows? But. Yes. Well, most certainly, Scott. And it's not just it's not just stocks, equities, ownerships of companies that have fallen. I mean, a lot of commodity com- commodities have taken a hit. Bonds have taken a hit. Like even yeah. if you're broadly diversified, it's been a bit of a challenge. Yeah. I quite frankly, it's a little refreshing uh to see some of these companies take a hit. Like Zoom, Peloton. Well, when companies Meta, when companies, they're earning, when their valuations, I like to think about it this way. And it's, I think I think oftentimes people get, they think of the, I hear people like the stock market is just one big casino. That, I mean, people, like stocks is in, is in general. I like to think of it, it, when you own a stock of a company, you are a partial owner in that business, right? That's right. If you own Apple stock, you are a partial owner in Apple. If you own Stock in Chevron, you're a partial owner in Chevron. And so th- if you think about the little corner uh, gas station, let's say, Chevron gas station, a lot of those are individually owned, right? Yes. Or some will own a handful of them. Like, what's that gas station worth? It depends on how much money it makes. It depends on its prospects for growth. Let's assume, cocaine, let's assume it's in an area where there's a lot of new homes going in. They put it in early, bought the land pretty cheap. They're able to charge a premium price for the gasoline. Because there's not that many around. Okay. So let's assume that this gas station is generating $100,000 a year in profit. Just throwing it out there, whatever the number might be. Okay. What is it worth? What's it worth? Is it worth $100 million? Probably not. Is it worth $5 billion? Well, it it might be to someone. It wouldn't be worth $100 million (laughs) to me. Obviously, it's probably worth 10, 15 times earnings. I don't know. I don't know what gas stations trade for. Probably somewhere in that range. So it's worth a million, million and a half. Probably. Right? Based on 100,000 of earnings. Just earnings. So there are a lot of companies that have been out there, to your point, Pat, and some aren't coming back and some it's healthy to see, that the price was bid up no different than that corner gas station that, yeah, maybe they can go from 100,000 to 200,000 or 300,000 in profits, but there's... That gas station is not worth $2 billion. That's right. <laughs> it's not. And th- that's because kind of it's, we- its growth prospects aren't there. But it could be worth $2 billion if enough people talk themselves into it that it's Over worth the two. short term, it can get bid, bid up to $2 billion. Over the long term, sanity will enter the marketplace again. Because Thank you, Bitcoin. If it's worth, let's say, as an example, it's worth a million and a half. People bid it up, but it goes to three million. Then it goes to five million. Then people start telling their friends, "Hey, I bought this thing. It was a million and a half bucks. It's worth five five million now. You should get in." 
Okay, then the next person gets in. To your point, this is how these kind of manias happen in these in, momentum. It they're called momentum stocks. But Scott, the the this is the reason I think this is refreshing is every time we see these companies that have very little earnings, and some of them, quite frankly, have great. You know, let's not forget Amazon was an un, was out of favor for years and years and years and years and years. Okay. How many Amazons so, there compared, compared to the ones that didn't make it? Right? That, that's right. So everyone will point to that one. It doesn't say that, they're not, that there isn't one or the other. And by the way, just because the stock does well doesn't mean you necessarily will do well because you didn't have the gumption to hold it or the, yeah, that's great. the stomach. But, Scott, I think we're just in a – over the last couple of years with this whole cryptocurrency being bid up to – unbelievable heights and then all of a sudden reality coming back in there with the special purpose acquisition companies the SPACs just being bid up bid up bid up with these momentum stocks finally coming back to earth I, I think it's refreshing quite frankly that that it lets people know risk does exist and that it isn't as easy as just throwing well, it a gets dart a, it, or buying into the big it gets uncomfortable when you see companies that have little prospects for true growth. GameStop, AMC theaters, like <laughs> how like AMC is a point. How big can a company, a movie theater, get? Like how big is <clears throat> seriously? How big can it get? Can we have five times as many movie theaters in the United States? A eh, hundred uh -huh. times as many movie theaters? Uh, some of I mean, that, some yeah. of them almost bid up to that point. Or do we pay fifty bucks a seat to go to the movies? Or that's right. Although I am paying twenty dollars a seat for my son and I are going to go watch uh, the the Top, Top Gun, Gun movie in the IMAX uh, equivalent. Oh, we'll have fun. Yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my son went to see it. He's in town for a couple of days. Like whatever my son was doing, he's in town. A couple yeah, of days. dad so will I'm take gonna... him. Yeah, dad will take him. Anyway, what do I? But the, the, the point being, the point being that there's these there's valuations matter. Of course and over they do. a long period of time, th these ups and downs, the noise will work its way out, which is happening now. In the broad markets. In the broad markets. And over time, companies will continue to, to grow their profits, and the prices over the long term will continue to rise. And it will only happen if the profits, the underlying profits grow over time, which they always have historically. Uh, and, and I believe they will continue to do so in the future. And there are some periods of robust growth. It's some periods of not so robust growth, but that's. And it's funny. I I get ex if if you are an investor for more than the next couple of years, you should be excited about corporate earnings growing while stock prices are declining. That's the perfect scenario because then you're buying things less expensively. Yeah. If you're a new investor, but when the when if profits are flat and markets are prices keep going high. But that doesn't that's not sustainable long term. The reality is that if you're close to retirement or in retirement, that you have a broadly diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, maybe and other yeah. real estate, maybe a little bit of commodities, and that you get a choice to choose, you get to choose what you're going to sell in order to create income at any one point in time. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily selling the thing that's down. Maybe no. you're selling the thing that's flat. Or, or maybe up. you're selling the thing that's up. Or you've got part of your portfolio in cash or ultra short-term bonds that that's are right. cash equivalents that aren't down at all. That's right. I think, so your point, Matt, I think one thing that's important for people to do right now, and if, if the markets are making you jittery, is to really take a dive and say, all right, what, what's my true time horizon with this portfolio? How much is allocated towards riskier assets? How much are more in conservative assets? And how many years would I have to go before I'm forced to sell any risky assets? And and know, I might, because we're both in this business 30 plus years, right? <laughs> Going through those sort of, walking through someone, their portfolio and explaining that, it has always helped people understand, have a much better comfort level and be able to hold their portfolio through the, the ups term. and the downs. So I met with some clients last week who have been with me for 20, Five years and their experience by the way may not be indicative of all clients experiences disclaimer 
But they had said, well, look, our portfolio in their, they're in their early 80s, but they don't spend the money. It's all for the kids. It's all for their, it's going to their kids. They just don't spend the money. And we were looking at the portfolio together and it's down some. And they said, this is down. And I said, we've been doing this together for 25 years. Do you know how many times we've gone through a similar situation just like this? And they said, yes. <laughs> it's been at least three times, Pat. And I said, that's right. And we've gotten it's through the- Maybe ba- more, yeah. Yeah, at least three times. That's what they said to me, at least three times. And I said, you know, we've gotten through every one of these, okay? And you have a lot more money than you have than when you started. Uh, and you're taking income off of it. And that was it. I mean, it, just a reminder that this is a normal part of the cycle. Once again, you may or not make money <laughs> using all words <laughs> to the legal people. Their experience may not be indicative right. of all. And there might have been someone who joined the firm, bought in, didn't stick around very long, sold out, and experienced a loss over that period of time. That's right. Time That's right. Um, anyway, uh, this show... We, we do take calls, and if you'd like to be part of the program, even if you're a podcast listener, you can still be part of the program. Uh, simply dial 833-99-WORTH, 833-999-6784. Or you can also send us a question, questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com, and um, we'd love to take your call and your question, and we will hit calls here in just a moment. But before... We want to talk to one of our advisors, as I think you might know if you listen to this program for any length of time, both myself and, and Pat here. We're both uh, financial advisors. We're also co-CEOs of Allworth Financial. Uh, Allworth has 80 or 90 or so advisors in many offices across the U.S. Um, we, ran, we manage roughly $14 billion in assets, somewhere right in there. Um, but we wanted to, to today to talk to and, – and one of the unfortunate things as we've grown is th- neither of us – have many clients. You talk about your client, but we, yeah, have, we have a handful. Have yeah, um, just because we're busy with a lot of other things, and so and without taking on new clients, we kind of miss out on some of that that interaction that goes on. So we asked one of our advisors to join us today, uh, Brian James. He's actually in our Cincinnati office, but he's one of our advisors, and just wanted to hear about like what kind of. What have the questions been like and calls been like for clients? Because we get asked that a lot. You guys been is your call volume way up? Is Evan calling for people freaking out about the markets? Obviously, uh, they go through ups and downs. But anyway, Brian uh, James is with us. Brian, welcome to Allworth Money Matters. Thank you. I appreciate the chance to talk to you guys. Yeah. So and and so you're an advisor. You also oversee a team of advisors, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. Yes, I'm the regional director for our for the East Region, uh, based out of Cincinnati. And what, so what kind of, what's the, what's the mood like for most clients? What kind of calls like we've been coming in? Yeah. So, so obviously people are worried, you know, every, we all have the, you know, 20, 2008 is the boogeyman. So every time anything negative happens, people start to wonder whether it's 2008. I'm trying to think back. I've been doing this for 25 years before 2008. Uh, people talked about 1987. So it's like, we always find that benchmark and say, is it like that? And be like that again. So sure. Certainly people are calling in and they're concerned Anytime we see the negative headlines, uh, you know, the, the people get worried about how bad it's going to get. And, of course, we can never predict those kinds of things. Um, but what we always do is we remind them, look, we put a financial plan together for exactly this reason. And we put together the hunky-dory scenario where nothing ever goes wrong again that is completely unreliable, but it's what we all wish would happen. But then side by side with that, we do what we call a bad timing review, which is just to say, here's what happens if the wheels fall off right at the beginning of your retirement. Are you still able to take it? So what I doing right now, what all of our advisors is doing is reminding them, yeah, we've already looked at this. It's no fun to have it happen, but we already looked at what would happen to your, to your plan if you know the market declined 18 20%. Portfolios are different. Some are more aggressive than others. Um, but what we simply are pointing out is you're just seeing in real life what happens when uh, when we have that kind of a scenario. It always comes along with headlines. We have to remind people it's very easy. Two, three years ago when we put this together, we said, hey, this is what it's going to feel like. And everybody went, cool, the numbers still work. <laughs> well, now it's actually happening, and it comes along with scary headlines. And that's the hard part. That's really the tough part to, to for everybody to get their heads around is we never get market pullbacks that don't come with scary headlines. Those headlines make us think that the world is about to end. But when you step back and look at the big picture, we've seen all these things before. Every scary headline looks and sounds like some scary headline from the past. So it's just a reminder of, hey, we've looked at this. Let's just make sure we're still comfortable. And now it's actually happening. And the clients are staying the course? Yeah. 
Um, because it's just again, it's just a, we're, we're just touching base to say yes, we've talked about this, and we talked we talked about how we're going to handle it. By let's just make sure that none of the the investments or none of the dollars that we have exposed to this, the, the dollars that are kind of riding the roller coaster a little bit, are not the dollars we were going to touch in the short run anyway. So, all right, Mr. and Mrs. Client, we talked last year about how you're going to have to replace the HVAC system you know, this year. You're going to give some money to the kids or, or pay off the mortgage or what have you. Uh, those dollars were most likely already carved out through the planning process. We decided, hey, these are pre-assigned. Let's not expose them. Stick them in the bank. Just, just do something responsible when the market's at a peak. And then that makes it okay that the rest of the money is riding the roller coaster a little bit because we weren't going to spend it in the short run anyway. Well, I know most people would like, Brian, for you to get them out of the risky assets before they decline in value and then get them back into those assets when the timing looks good. Of course. Market timing is foolproof, right? It works every time, except for none of the times, because this is just it, – it's always tempting to say, hey, you know what? I wouldn't walk into a burning building. Therefore, why would I still stay invested in something that is losing money? That is – that's the, the innocent question we get from clients, but they know – you know, our, our clients who have been around for a while know what the answer is going to be, which is to say that we've been through this before. We've had scary things happen. The market has always recovered and gone on to new highs. What I what I always point out to people is we, we go over market history. For example, if you look at 2008, you would see a super scary market. We all remember that. 2009 started off terrifying, right? So the yeah, bottom yeah. was about another 28% loss. But if people did the right thing and do what they claim they're did, willing what, to do, did, did, ride wait, it stop out. Did, I'm trying to remember back. It's, there's some, certain parts of my life I try to block out, and <laughs> periods of the financial crisis are one. But – uh, so 2008 was a nasty year. Everything was falling apart. And then I remember the, it was the first up until what, middle of March, end of March, that before things recovered. 2009. March 9th of 09, but who's counting? Okay. Well, you obviously remember that really well. It was a 28% decline. That was the, yeah, the the lowest part. If you look at the absolute yeah. bottom of the valley in, in 09, it was down 28%. And that that was, was March 9th, 2009. And that was after things had already come down 20 something or so percent. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. was that was after we had uh, the, the we had gone down thirty seven percent in oh eight, another twenty eight. But if you held on, then by the end of the year, you were actually up twenty six percent. That was not enough to fill in the hole that was created in oh eight, but certainly enough to to get us closer back to normal. And then a few years later, after that, we were back to normal. Now that was the second worst financial crisis in uh, in the, this country's two hundred and thirty some year history. The rest of this has just been noise. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Your, your mastery of these numbers is pretty dang impressive how you can remember to the day. Andy Stout better be nervous, our chief investment officer. Yeah, good, good for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm stealing these. As we're speaking, I'm stealing these off of a piece that Andy Stout created. <laughs> Thank you. It comes you. up somewhat frequently lately. Uh, All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, thanks for being uh, part of the team. Yeah, All appreciate, team. It. appreciate thanks it. Thanks for your perspective on things. It's, uh, I tell you one of the things I enjoy about being part of a uh, an independent firm like this, right? Because at, at Allworth, our, we don't manufacture products. We don't have an agenda. We don't do investment banking. We we serve one client, right? Uh, our, our clients. These are people that have worked hard. They saved well. Um, they tend to be close to retirement age. Some are retired. Some never want to retire, whatever. But it's really about having some financial independence in their life. But by being at, in an independent firm like this, by we very much act like a, as a team of advisors uh, and we, because we're not competing, selling, trying to sell products with the guys next to the office, in yeah. the next office, our advisors are very collaborative. We work as a team. And then um, and, uh, your office size is not based upon how much money that you oversee for your clients or anything like that. It's very collaborative. Yeah. You know, a lot of these big national firms that they've there's based, a pecking order. Oh yeah. And how much, based on how much they call it production, they do call it production, sales production, how much you produce, well, that'll you'll have a job title that'll correspond to that. You'll have a size of an office that'll correspond. You'll have a uh, administrative help, previously known as a secretary, um, in order to uh, based on your status. Yeah. But anyway, let's uh, let's take some calls again. If you want to join us, eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. We're in Texas with Stephanie. Stephanie, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Thanks, Scott and Pat, for taking my call. Our Thank pleasure. You. Great. So my story started in January. I was 
with a, a reputable financial planning uh, firm. But last year I had three different counselors, and I just felt I wasn't getting the attention that I needed. So my husband and I just decided in January to just uh, fire the, the, the financial planners and start managing the money ourselves. Okay, that was a big mistake because that's when the, the market started. Well, okay, might not have been a mistake. So hold on, but okay. I mean, I could yeah. I could understand why you'd be like, "What the heck?" Like, they keep switching well, advisors. It takes a while for someone to get to know me. Right, right. So the uh, my biggest concern is uh, we I, I, I'm at a crossroad. I, I've lost. I only have a small account. I got like three uh, hundred and sixty in the account. Three hundred sixty thousand. Three hundred sixty thousand. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that's three hundred sixty dollars is a small amount. Three hundred sixty thousand. Three hundred sixty thousand. That is yeah. not a small amount of money. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're okay. doing fine. Great. So I, I, I don't want to use the money until um, seventy-two because we've financially we've we've done. And how great. Are the, how right. old are you now? Pay it off. I'm sixty-five. My husband is sixty-five. Well, I'll be sixty-six in November. Are you both retired? We both are re- we retired in the COVID twenty twenty. Everything is paid off. Uh, we just live in. You know, what income in, do you have coming in? He has my husband gets a pension, and I think that's like twenty eight hundred. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm living off the savings until I can apply for Social Security, which will be next March. And so I got enough to. Uh, Hang out until I can get Social Security, and, and Social Security is going to be more than enough for us to, with his pension and Social Security, that would be okay. more than enough for us to live off of. And what do you, so 360000 is this in a, like a 401k or an IRA? IRA, it was, it was, it's a rollover IRA. And okay. What other assets are there? Their home's paid for. Uh, we, we only own a house and. You have any money in the bank? Vehicles. Any money in the bank? About 20 in the bank. And how are these? How is this account invested? Uh, well, let me tell you. We in, we started investing in January, and our ninety percent of it is is in stocks, and that's got me pulling my hair out right now because I, I'm learning as I go, mm-hmm. and I don't know the next step on how to protect myself. Well, look, and look. What, what percentage of was it in stocks last year at the previous firm? I was in a conservative okay. Uh, okay. last year, but I went from a conservative to an aggressive. Yeah. And uh, and it's scaring the heck out of me. Yeah, yeah. So here, here's... I think it's a little little, uh, little rich in, in stocks. I, I, I do too, but but that ship may have sailed. I don't Scott. know. That ship may have sailed. Or uh, may not have. Uh, it might be in port, but it certainly has left the dock, if we're going to use analogies. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and that's what, Steph- that's what you're dealing with right now, right, Stephanie? You're sitting there thinking, right. okay, do I ride this whole thing out and wait? I don't need the money until age 72, right? You're thinking that. Right. Or you're probably thinking, do I increase my expo- do I, do I increase my percentage that's outside of stocks? Right now it's only 10%. Should I have 20% or 30% that's outside of the stocks? Yes. And, and then the other thing you should be thinking about is uh, Roth conversions between now and the age of 72. Okay. Yeah, uh, probably this year. Probably this security. year. Yeah, before you take Social Security. But won't I lose money because I have to pay taxes on that when I do that, right? Not, maybe not much, depending on what your income is. Yeah. So those are the things that I would, I'd be so looking at. So back to her main question here. I'm thinking Stephanie's my sister. Stephanie's my sister that she's got me to call every time she's freaked out and I can walk her through it. Right? So, Stephanie, stay on after the uh, this call. We're going to give you Scott's cell number. Okay. Yeah. Um, statistically speaking, you have a much higher odds of this account being worth uh, more in by the time you reach age 72 than not. Substantially. Uh, Seven years from now. Yes. If, well, if, and, and you don't have any need for the money today. And I think the only reason you're looking at 72 is because you have required minimum distributions at that time, and which are going to be that's sub- the only reason. And, 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 and that's based upon account balance. So if things are down, you don't have to take much out. Yeah. But <clears throat> so in saying that, so this is the, and issue. it's about three to 4% as they require minimum distribution. So it's we're really good about, we're, and you've got some money, you've got 10% outside of stocks. You've really got 10 years. 
I, I know, but here's the so here's it, it's a really tough. I would I'd pair this thing back to about eighty to eighty five percent equities. It's yeah. They completely invested with the rest of it, and that is just sort of a safety yep. blanket to make you feel yep. good. Don't pull back completely. The ship is in the harbor. Right. Don't just pull back to eighty to eighty five percent equities and just sit it out. And you may want to hire. Uh, or interview a couple of investment advisory firms <laughs> and you find someone you're comfortable but if you, with. And remember, Stephanie, your, your time frame, it's not all stocks. There's 10% that's not stocks. So even if you did nothing, you've got about 10 years before you'd have to sell stocks to, to satisfy a required minimum distribution. And even at that, your required minimum distribution can be based upon the size of the account. So if things are down, it'd be very little. So glad you called. Hope that was helpful. We're taking a quick break. This is All Worth Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. By the way, if you're a podcast listener, we're taking this break because we are broadcast on terrestrial radio still and requires a break at the bottom of the hour. Yes. For whatever reason, because that's what they've always done historically. And we've been doing this program for 27 years, and it used to be... It used to be you follow a really hard clock. They'd literally have a printout of a drawn clock with different, at minute marks, what different things that are happening. The clock. They'd call it the clock, right? Yeah. The thing I love about the podcast format, there's no clock. You can do anything you want. You can run long. You can go short. Yes. But we're still- Everyone's got a podcast. Now, my barber has a podcast. He does not. He certainly does. Although I quit getting my hair cut from him specifically because he's too slow. It's like watching the Golden Gate Bridge be I quit. Because we used to use the same barber. I quit using him several years ago. I love the guy. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. But he's got a Literally one time. When my, I'm, if you've not seen me, I'm, I don't have a lot of hair left. And so I buzz with what's still there. And one time, he was. I literally grabbed his. He was holding the electric shears or whatever. They're, <laughs> they're not sure the clippers. Shears are for sheep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess they could be hair shears. I stand corrected. I don't know. Whatever, the electric okay. thingies, the buzzers. <clears throat> I literally grabbed his hand and put it back on my head because he was taking so long. Why are we talking about barber? Anyway, so just everyone has a podcast, including my barber. But what I couldn't find about? it. I don't know. I couldn't find it. I tried to look for it on, uh, he he was telling me about it, and I tried to look for it on. Uh, <clears throat> but we have a podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, and by the way, we'll go back to some calls here in just a moment. 833 833- 99 worth got a question maybe you've gotten out of the market or you've gotten too much into the market you're trying to figure out the right kind of plan going forward trying to figure out if now is the right time for you to retire with what's happening with the financial markets wondering if you should go back to work whatever the financial question you might have would love to take it and again we will schedule a time to uh, have the call a time that's convenient for you and for us Uh, 833-99 worth is that number Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And if you can't remember that because you're driving or whatever, you can send us an email at questions at moneymatters.com. And real quick, before I go back to the um, calls, we, we do have an, uh, a workshop that's coming up, a retirement risk workshop. It is a virtual workshop, a free virtual workshop. And by the way, I think we do a pretty good job with our virtual workshops. They're not just... Um, PowerPoint presentations or whatever, they're it's much better than that. They're very interactive. Uh, but some of the topics we're going to cover are some of the inflation concerns that are out there right now. Uh, what's the chance of us going into recession? And if, if we do, what does that really mean? Uh, rising interest rates, how that's have, had an impact on your investments and other outside assets and mortgages and whatnot. And we'll also be talking about some of the other top financial issues of the day. And so these are the virtual event for this retirement risk workshop. Wednesday, June 8th at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, Wednesday, June 8th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And Thursday, June 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Again, Thursday, June 9th. For all the details and to sign up, simply go to allworthfinancial.com, allworthfinancial.com. 
www.allworthsmoney.com. All right, let's uh, continue. We're talking with Dale in California. Hi, Dale. You're with Allworths Money Matters. Yes. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad to be able to talk with Thank you. both of you. We're glad to have you. My husband and I, <laughs> thanks. My husband and I have a, a life insurance question for you. Um, we, my husband is 78, not uh, 75, excuse me, and I'm 68. And uh, we purchased in 1986. Um, we purchased um, li- a term life insurance policy for both of us. Um, to to cover the purchase price of our home that we had purchased in Folsom. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Basically to cover and, a mortgage? Um, just to cover the mortgage, correct, to pay off the home in the event that uh, one of us died. Uh, of course, we were still working then. We have been retired um, about 10 years now, slightly over. And um, the payments on the the policies come to a total of a, a slightly over $700 a month. Ooh. And <laughs> yeah, because we've aged and of course the price has gone up accordingly. So I, we are having a discussion and we have different opinions on it as to whether it's worth keeping, because I just think we can put that $700 a month into our savings account and, and let it uh, build, build our savings account up. What? It's not a very good return on the money. It doesn't. Well, like. we we unless, unless, you, unless you, you die early. Uh, so, what is the face value of the policy? Like how much death benefit do they call it? Yes. Well, uh, not much. It's a hundred thousand for me and a hundred and ten thousand for my husband. That was back when you could buy a house for under hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in Folsom, how how's your how's your health? Both you and your husband. We're. I'm going to knock on wood when I say this, but we're both healthy. Diabetes, <laughs> cancer, heart disease, none of that. No, no, no. Mm-mm. So what? Knock the way they term life insurance uh, is great for a, a term, right? It's great for a period of time. It's great to cover a risk that's going to be there for a period of time. And so when you bought this policy, your original thought was, uh oh. We've got this mortgage. What happens if one of us dies? Let's have life insurance in place so that if one of us dies prematurely, the other can afford to stay in the house, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And we were young and just started younger, yeah. younger and just starting out. And, and it was and, probably the right um, decision at the time because had you bought like a whole life policy, you probably couldn't afford it. So, correct. But do you, what's the mortgage on the house yeah, today? What's the mortgage on the house today? Well, we've since moved several times, okay. and um, our current we have we now live in um, in another community, and um, our current mortgage is about four hundred and fifty thousand, and our monthly income uh, our monthly at it's at about two point eight percent. Okay. Um, and what income do you have coming and, into the house? We have about eleven thousand dollars a month coming in, and yeah, slightly over eleven, between eleven and twelve coming in every month. And we have no other than our mortgage. We have no bills, no car. Payments, and who? No where's the? Cards. Is is one of these part of this a pension? One of you have a pension? It's it's all pensions. Okay, and are there survivor benefits? I uh, guess. And what yeah. is the survivor benefit? Um, my, my husband, my husband's pensions, um, and he will keep a hundred percent of it. And he retired from the state and from the County of Sacramento. Okay. So and no, then he has a small union pension. He So if he passes away, will that pension continue a hundred percent to you or is it reduced? It's a hundred, a hundred percent to me. Okay. Okay. All right. And then uh, last question, how much money do you have in the bank or IRAs or anything like that? Um, we have about, about 50,000 in, in our savings account. We don't have any investments or anything like that. Okay. What's the value of the home? Um, currently, uh, right around 660, I guess. Okay. You don't need this life insurance. Yeah, I would have actually because I would've... the income's going to stay. Well, before you state that, Pat, like the right way to go about this 
it, it, frankly, is to go and apply for a new term life insurance policy to see what the rate would be, number one, and number two, to see if you can qualify, get it something. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And if and if a new policy is going to cost you fifteen hundred bucks versus seven, then you're like, maybe I keep. Maybe I should run the yeah. So what they're what you're doing is you're medically underwriting but the yourself challenge for is, risk. My guess is this is going to get more expensive each year. I would have canceled this ten years ago when he yes, they correct. retired. Yes, yeah, right. So I wish you would have <laughs> called me sooner, us sooner. Right. It's not the reality. It's not going to make. It's not. Gonna it's make not going to make any difference whether the life insurance is there or not. That's right. The, the, the income you've got coming in, the only thing that's going to – would de, is, 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 does Dale, does your husband have Social Security in addition to the pensions or no? We both have Social Security. Okay, yes. so the, you would have slight reduction of income uh, from one of your Social Securities going away. And that's it. That's but, all. And then you won't have the other yeah. mouth to feed. I mean, I hate to say it. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> – yeah. Um, so from a, from a cash flow standpoint – I, I, we don't see any need for the life insurance. So your, to your point, Pat, maybe you would have canceled it. But maybe ah. before you cancel it, get a get, get a physical to make sure that. Yeah, that's fair enough. You don't have to necessarily go through underwriting. You could just go to your doctor. I assume that since he retired from the both the state and a county, well, that he's probably got pretty good medical. Um, then go make okay. sure you got a physical. What 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 you don't want to happen? Cancel. Next day, diagnose. Obviously, knock on wood. Um, but the, you don't really need this. And the insurance. challenge, it's going to get more expensive. And you're going to, yeah. I. So assuming that everyone is in good health, I would cancel yeah. both these policies. And actually, I wouldn't even save the money. I'd, I'd take that $700 a month and blow it on something. <laughs> I mean, you'd blow it on something. I don't know. I'd <laughs> blow it on what? I don't know. I'm never spending time with Do these people. Do you have the reserve wine list, please? <laughs> I'm just gonna see how much quick I can blow my seven hundred dollars. <laughs> Don't blow the money. Yeah, but um, no, because you're, you look, your your mortgages. Like when you told us that mortgage amount, Scott and I a, both looked at each other for your age. But it fits the income. And what you got going for you is the careers you path you chose had pensions, and you got pensions. pensions, and they have cost of living adjustments on them too. If you didn't have the pensions, you'd need a whole lot of money saved. Up. Oh, that's right. And we'd probably feel differently about the life insurance. And you got a fixed rate mortgage at You're such fine. a low rate, your mortgage payment's probably not that. Uh, so cancel the policies, blow it. I mean, fly first class, do whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Not going to make I a have bit one of difference. Other <laughs> your husband, I have, what? I have. I, have, I, have, I mean, let me let me rephrase that. Actually, Pat, you know what? If this would make you feel better, maybe take some of that and put it in, put it in a fund that's designed for burial expenses or whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, and what's uh, well, your we'll, we'll plan for that? What's your husband's question? Well, we, uh, he was wondering about selling the insurance policy. Um. Uh, so it's a term probably, policy. Probably. Uh, so that's one of the first things that crossed my mind. Um. If it. It's not as valuable, you know, I hate to say this because you're in good health. So what happens is, and it's a small dollar amount on a transactional basis. And it's a term basis, policy, and not, it's a, a, term not policy. a whole life or universal So life. That the, the premiums are going to go up. So, um, yeah, yeah. If, if you were in poor health, uh, I hate to say it, it would have more value well, of course. in the secondary market because the whole period. But due to the fact that you're in good health, it's a term policy, and it is a relatively small yeah. amount of coverage. If it was a $5 million policy or something, even on a term policy. But that you would have to have a health issue, I think, before it made any sense to yeah. Yes, yes. So um, okay. anyway, yeah, don't, you're not going to get anything. It's not worth the yeah. hassle to sell it. Glad you called. And to your point, Pat, uh, pre- yeah, appreciate it. Um, to your point, Pat, like, this might have been, should have, Maybe the better finance. It was a wise financial move to take out the life insurance. And I, my, my guess is there might be some uh, life insurance salesperson listening that said, well, if they would have bought whole life, they wouldn't have had to worry about it. It would have been paid off today. The, but the reality is they they probably didn't have the cash flow That's right. to buy. $100,000 might not sound like a lot today. It was a lot in 1986 to buy a house for that. And the projections going forward on the on a lot of the cash value policies didn't turn out to be true. Although I got to tell you, Back in the day, there were some policies that they were called first-to-die life insurance policies that were perfect because they carried cash in Do there. they not sell those anymore? I haven't seen one in years and years and years. 
But a first-to-die policy is perfect for a mortgage, assuming that the costs are in line. They're not yeah. that much more. But it still expensive. makes sense to, to have life insurance. But there's, it's, life insurance is designed to replace an income that's based on someone's life. Typically, it's their earnings while they're still younger. And then later in life, sometimes we'll use it if they're uh, for pension, to protect for a pension. Like in this last call, had there not been any death, I mean, any survivor benefit, or Let's say there was a $5,000 pension that would have went to zero when one of them passed away. Then we're like, well, you probably don't have enough life insurance. Yeah. It's strange they call it life insurance. That's, what, I guess that's the supposed insured part of it. Well, you, you just said they're insuring an income that's tied to a life. And I always think every, every once in a while I meet somebody that doesn't believe in life insurance. It was always the strangest thing. Well, that's... Whether You've they, talked to those people before. Yeah, but Scott, I mean, if you look at... Look, if you look at the history of life insurance and how it came about. That's an exciting read right there. <laughs> right there. I mean, many of it was started by fraternal organizations of people together because everyone in the neighborhood, build eyes, everyone in the neighborhood coughs throws up in a, some money. coughs up some money. And then someone said one day, you know. Why don't we just have a little fund? And we put it in every month. That way. And we cover this. And then they took it to the next step, started medically underwriting and, and investments on the side. And that's and that is one fascinating read. Yeah. All right, the that's history uh, of life insurance. Let's go. <laughs> let's continue on with calls. Eight, don't three. you find it? I'm sorry. Don't you find it a little bit fascinating that like, yeah. And matter of fact, you turned me on to listening uh, the, the Hidden Brain podcast, which I enjoy most of the segments. Uh, but there's a they had the, recently three in a row, three or four in a row on money, which I didn't agree with 100. percent But, uh, but um, one it was like the the history. Uh, that was the one I was listening to. The history of money and. And where coins started and yeah. stuff. And it was a different take than I'd learned in my history books, learned in my finance class. It was uh, fascinating. It's it was called The Hidden Brain. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 833-99-WORTH is the number. We are talking with Matt. Matt, you're worth all worth money matters. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, taking my car. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Hey, um, so um, I, have a, I have a pension. I'm retired. Um, I'm 52. And, um, wow, you're young and retired. Good. <clears throat> Were you a safety worker at some point? Some yeah. Sort? Yeah. I was a safety worker. Okay. Um, so pension is pretty good. Obviously, you know, that comes with that. Um, I, I, when I, prior to my retiring, I bought a couple years back with cash and good then I, I financed, I financed one year, um, that they're taking out of my retirement, um, um, Pension. Okay. So is your, so, is your, when did, and you, you retired age 50? About 51. 51. And uh, how much is your take home pension today versus what it was when you're working? Is it more or less? Oh, it's about the same. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's, it, yeah. It's about Great. the same. Okay. Um, That's a good so position I, to I'm be able in. To, yeah. It's pretty good. I've had the same house for 20 years. I'm, I'm, uh, in fact, I bought a condo in, uh, Lake Tahoe uh, a year and a half ago. That was a kind of an impulse buy. It worked <laughs> out in your favor, I guess. <laughs> it, it actually it actually did, and that's yeah. one of the questions. It's worth probably twice as much as I paid for it a year and a half ago. Um, so um, my question, though, is uh, is I have about 75000 in savings, and I have to uh, remodel my house, basically new floors and paint. And so I'm going to use that to uh, – to remodel, and that's going to cost me anywhere from probably thirty to fifty thousand. And um, I, I guess what I, what I wanted to know is um, a couple of questions. But what should I do with? I, I, I'm kind of in a quandary as to what I should do with the extra cash. If I should invest it, if I should pay off my service credit, um, if I should um, just uh, keep it in savings. How much is your you service know, credit? Um, it's a year, and it's the balance is about forty three thousand. And uh, what's, what's the interest rate on that? Do you know? I do not know. Um, I can look up. It's much higher the, than your pain and savings. I know that. Yeah, it, the 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 the, delt, the difference between the two is significant, but I don't think it's. Uh, and for the other listeners, like he had an opportunity to buy additional years of pension. He didn't have all the dollars, so these basically financing part of it through a loan and yeah it's a no-brainer by the it's, way it's it? kind of an iq test um <clears throat> well yeah that's that's what you guys uh had turned me on to because i did not want to spend that money for the uh credit you your your influence and and uh and others you know 
someone else's that was like, you better do this. You're an idiot if you don't. And I was so like, what's your, right, what's your home? With- what's your home worth? Uh, my home's worth, my home is worth about 550. I owe 311 on it. And what's the interest rate? Uh, 2.75. And then the condo in, in Tahoe, what's that worth? Uh, well, one just recently sold for 400. I mean, that was completely remodeled. So I'd say I'd be comfortable with 350 and I owe 180 on it. And do you have any money outside? Uh, do you have any money in your 403B or 457, 401k or IRAs? Yeah, I have about 70000 in there. Are you going to go back to work? I work part-time doing fun stuff now. So it's not um, – I'm working I, – I could probably pull in probably three grand a month and, with my, my little part-time jobs I do. And uh, kids at home? I have an adult daughter. She's almost finished with well. She's got two years of college. That's that's the kind of um, thing that kind of sits out there. Is I don't know how much her college is going to cost. I'm, I'm a veteran, so I'm hoping I'll get some level of uh, consideration for that. Well, uh, but like housing and stuff like that, I'm going to be on the the hook to pay for that. So that's that. And so I, I don't. You know, I'm kind of hesitant to do anything well, right now, not knowing you know the um, burden that's going to. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. You have the ability to make more than $3,000 a month. So if you, for two years and you are 50, uh, two years of age. So, uh, no tears here. If you have to go back and get a job, (laughs) so your daughter can go to college. Well, he's making three grand a month. I understand. But he could, he he could make two or three times that. Um, and then last question, married or unmarried? Not married. Okay. Uh, your question is so what, me, what should you do? I'd pay, I would pay off the, uh, I'd, I'd pay. Well, down. let's, let's, I mean, there's not, no, he's got 75 grand. It's going to, who knows what it's going to cost for the remodel. You have $1 figure in mind. It might cost something different. Odds are more, right? Um, I wouldn't be, I mean, it's not a lot of cash. What's the hurry? That's your point. I wouldn't, I just keep in a savings account because it might be, all these dollars might be used between the remodel and your daughter's college. Yep, fair enough. I could be hmm. easily persuaded, Scott. Well, so what else are you going to yeah, do? You gonna, well, you could buy one of your treasuries. kind of a pain in the butt. Doubt he would do it. You could put it in a synchrony account that's going to pay a little bit yeah, more put than in what a, you're going to get. get an online, find a high-yielding savings account. They're and, better, the rates are better than they were a few months ago. Yeah, most certainly. And I wouldn't be in a hurry. And how's your 457 invested or 401k or whatever your retirement accounts? Well, I'm, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. What, if, I think it's kind of um, mainly growth. Okay, it should be uh, all stock. I, uh, it should be 100% okay. stock. Yeah. You're not going to touch these dollars for a long time. Yeah, it should be 100% stock. I mean, you're in a great position because your your pension is essentially what you were what you earned when you were working. Right? So yeah, you can I, maintain I can't, so I can't your lifestyle complain. is actually yeah. higher now because you've got a part-time job, so you've got more income now than you had when you were still working full-time. Yeah, the thing that you should be most worried about is staying engaged with purpose and Surrounding yourself with but you, people. So you brought up the condo in Tahoe. You bought this as, as an impulse, you said. You retired and went up and I, met, I guess it was still, things were just, the lockdowns were just starting to end and you thought I need a place to, to escape. And well, bought- yeah, my, my initial, yeah, my, I mean, you know, some people buy Rolex watches or a new car and I don't know what I was thinking, but I went up there and said, I'm buying a vacation home up here. Uh, and my initial thought was I'm going to Airbnb this and have some passive income. But then I kind of put it together and I'm up there. That's where I work. I work up there at a resort, um, you know, doing doing stuff I want to do now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so I bought it to, to um, do an Airbnb, rent it out and stuff, make some money off that. But once I put it together, I was up there every week, you know, hanging out, you know. Okay. Um, just doing and how much is your that. mortgage so, payment? Uh, well, it's $1,200, but then HOA is 425 water is 275 a month. Um, gas That's, is 50. So it's about two grand is my total, um, kind of commitment. And that was my question is I was going to rent it out, but then I thought, well, I don't want to do that, but I really don't use it as much. Maybe I should think about, um, parceling it out 50, 50 with someone and selling half of it. What do you think about that? You can, Where they pay off my, they pay off my mortgage and I don't owe anything on yeah. it other than the monthly. I mean, fees. from a financial standpoint, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. What what you lose in yeah. that is the flexibility that you currently have today. So but when, well, if you think well, about it this way, going you're, up. You're, you're working up there, stuff that you enjoy doing, and, and pretty much everything you make is going into this paying for the condo, right? Yeah. 
That's your 52. Yeah, you might you. you might enjoy that. I don't. And you might find that you've the other 50% buyer is a complete idiot and you can't stand them and you can't agree on anything. And, you know, if it's working, I mean, that's a, you're turning something that is a personal house into a business. There's a lot of thought that needs to go into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just. Do you like having. You, you, I, I understand, guys, but I'm trying to like. I guess you know that I'm I'm not struggling financially, but right. I could be doing better. And what is I your think, man? If I did, if, if so, I, I guess I want to take advantage of the fact that this market is. I, Look, I don't hey, really want to sell it. Here's the but, deal, but I do from a finance uh, Matt. You know, so I'm like <clears throat> Matt. If yeah. your goal is to maximize your finances, here's what you need to do. Don't ever stay in that condo. You rent the thing out as much as you can. Number one. Number two. I don't know how big your house is, but if you got four bedrooms, find three roommates. That all rent rooms from you. All that cash flow you're going to get. Yeah, none of so, that's going to. Okay, that's not going to happen. Okay, okay. so I'm that's giving you one extreme, point. right? <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so the, the reality point. is I, I here's, my- here's the reality. You are in a position that you have the ability to make these op- that this is an option for you, and if you are enjoying that the condo up there and you're having fun with the lifestyle, and you can swing it cash flow wise, then don't worry about it. If your goal is to have more income, more assets, then either work more or rent this thing out or be happy with where you're at. Yeah. You'll be fine either way. So, so appreciate the call. We got a, we're coming to the end of the show. You'll figure it out, Matt. You're smart guy. <laughs> you I think, Matt, I think like, it seems to me like you're in an ideal situation and go, it's not, I don't, were you a police officer or a firefighter? Uh, please. All right. Thank you for your service, by the way. It is not easy transitioning. If you look at uh, police officers, the, a lot of them retire early. It's not an easy time emotionally. There's a lot of stuff that people deal with. Uh, and having some outlet, having some other job up in the mountains, if that's what's keeping you going, don't discount that either. I mean, really do not discount that. So, Unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, I want to remind everyone we've got our virtual uh, workshop on retirement risks. Go to allworthfinancial.com for all the details. And uh, we'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.